Chapter 4 of the Life of Blessed John B. Marie Vignier, Curé of Ar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simon Brouwer. The Life of Blessed John B. Marie Vignier, Curé of Ar. By Anonymous. Chapter 4 Pilgrimages to Ar not only to the villagers but in greater degree to the pilgrims who journeyed to ar what the Viennese departure would have been particularly disappointing as early as the period between eighteen twenty five and eighteen thirty these remarkable pilgrimages had taken place so great was the multitude of people who kept coming that increased travelling accommodations had to be arranged between ar and outlying country places the pilgrims arrived from every province of france others came from belgium and from england some from america at ar one met bishops and cardinals prefects of state university professors rich merchants bankers men and women of ancient and noble lineage side by side with an innumerable army of priests and religious as yet newspapers had not published any account of the wonders accomplished there only by word of mouth was the fame of the curie made known and this unending procession of pilgrims was merely the result of the personal experience of those who had already come under Vardavionier's influence. With ever-increasing wonder, the new arrivals observed the great power which that humble priest exercised over souls. Every day in the eye of the church, two rows of men, numbering from sixty to a hundred, awaited their turn to go to the confession in the little sacristy. If the question were put as to how long they had been waiting there, the answer sometimes was, since two o'clock in the morning, or since midnight, as soon as the curé had opened the church. The stranger would learn with astonishment that men from the highest walks of life had frequently waited patiently a whole day and night, not in order to assist at some great ceremony, but to submit themselves humbly to the guidance of the curé in the matter of the welfare of their souls. The church was equally crowded elsewhere, and it was no unusual thing to find two hundred women or more waiting their turn to confess their sins. The spectacle of those men and women absorbed in prayer continued from hour to hour and from day to day. As a rule, Father Vianney hid confessions daily for sixteen and even eighteen hours, and this almost superhuman practice had continued for a period of thirty years. At seven or eight o'clock in the morning, the curé said mass and gave holy communion. After mass, he blessed the articles of devotion presented to him at the altar rail, as well as the little children that were brought to him. At eleven o'clock, he threw, moved through the crowded ranks of those present, and descending the pulpit, delivered a plain but impressive sermon on the truth of the holy faith. He who formerly could preach his sermon only in the greatest difficulty, now manifested an impetuable calm and assurance. For the divine grace so noticeably inspired his addresses that in many cases according to the evidence of the different pilgrims themselves it so happens that his words touched the very ones who up to that time had remained in their sins and his affecting appeal to them to consider the awful state of their souls moved the last obstacle to their reconciling themselves to god at first, indeed, Father Vianney was greatly distressed when circumstances necessitated his preaching without special preparation, yet, as in this he only saw the will of God, he abandoned himself with complete resignation to the divine plans, and thus became, 
although he had no suspicion of it himself a most eloquent apostle in his sermons he was accustomed to recall the scenes of his early life as a farmer lad and he employed the analogies and arguments drawn from external nature and according to his own statements it was evident that there was nothing in the visible world that had not reminded him of god and of eternity besides the expressive comparisons father vianney's sermons frequently described incidents drawn from his personal experience thus one day speaking of lukewarm christians he said you there behold a tepid soul which for the most paltry excuse starts to gossip while praying does this soul really offer to god today's work does it return to him thanks and glorify him without doubt the lips will speak the words but for the most part no thought is given to what is said the soul never ceases to busy itself with things that are only of this world again said he we notice a man in church turning his head round and round in his hand always observing at home a woman who said grace while cutting bread for the children or while putting wood on the fire or she interrupts a prayer to call the help as a man of the people Vader Viennier, knew that in order to hold their attention nothing was so serviceable as to give them a faithful portrayal of everyday life in his discourses he always referred to the fundamental truths of faith and placed vividly before his auditors for their consideration the four last things ever and anon he would return to the necessity of man's loving god that this love ought to be as natural to man as song was to the bird it was impossible for him to preach without referring to the unspeakable joys which arise in the soul of man through a self-sacrificing love of god as soon as the sermons was at an end the people hastened to the village green where the good cure was accustomed to pass on his way to the province and to his home the laying on the way to give advice and consolation to those who applied to him everyone called him father the title readily admitted by all who observed his kindly manner and still kinder speech father viennier moved slowly through the surging throng and although he was gentleness itself yet unbashed and obtrusive persons were now and again brought to reason by a quiet though firm answer many an ingenious reply had been recorded of the good curé a young girl whom from spiritual laziness had submitted the question of her vocation to the good curé asked him in loud tone father what is my vocation to be to which he replied my child your vocation is to get to heaven at a glance father vianney could recognize innocent souls it was often observed how he would say suddenly to certain individuals dear child just go home you will have no need of me yet sixteen to eighteen hours daily he hardly sufficed to allow him to attend to the distressed souls who knelt in his confessional since for these above all god had sent the curé of Ar. here we arrive naturally at the important subject of the conversion that took place at Ar. time and again the noble priest would say let us pray for the conversion of sinners he declared that prayer for this purpose was one of the most pleasing that could be offered to the good god without cessation he himself prayed with his intention and took upon himself all kinds of mortification his petitions ascended to the throne of god who during the thirty years of the cure's life at ar was pleased to send innumerable sinners to ar to be reconciled many of these sang to his feet already prepared for they had heard from others that it was sweet and easy to confess one sin to the saintly priest and under his guidance to repent of them with their whole heart 
on one occasion a driver knocking loudly at the door of the curious house at midnight and asked that his confession be heard at once without hesitation vader vianier arose and went with him into the church after he had reconciled him to god vianier embraced him cordially and gave him some warm clothing as he noticed the man was suffering from the cold with many sinners the working of grace were decidedly slower some had come to R out of curiosity others to unmask the cure as they thought to do and make to make merry of the colorable crowd as the kilvicans were called but after closely observing the holy priest for one or two days they lost all desire to compare him to a town crier and it was not long before they joined the crowd waiting for confession with still another class it required a direct call of grace like saint vincent ferrer father vianier had received from god the gift of being able to read clearly into the conscience of a sinner hence almost every day it happened that one would see him come suddenly out of the sacristy and advance straight towards a person who had only just entered the church with a kind and earnest look he would lead him at once to the confessional many such penitents acknowledged later that father vianney without more ado would mention their sins to them beforehand reminding them especially of those shameful matters in their past lives which they might have been tempted to conceal thereby he not infrequently removed the last obstacle the complete reconciliation with god among others the following incident is well tested a certain man thirty-two years of age went to R in company with a friend intending to ridicule Vader vianier the man had with him his hunting dog having planned to enjoy the pleasures of the chase in the neighboring fields the very moment when the cure was passing through across the village square and through the kneeling multitudes two friends appeared on the scene presently Vader vianier found himself face to face with the curious sportsman pushing through the crowd after a hasty glance at the dog running at his side the cure without further ceremony said to its owner sir it were to be desired that your soul were as beautiful as your hound the man shamefacedly lowered his head and shortly after moved by divine grace made his confession with copious tears and the same year adopted the life of a religious in which he persevered until death upon another occasion among the curious spectators in the church at R, was a highly educated freethinker, a mocker at religion, of the Voltaire stand. To please his wife, he had accompanied her to R, in order, as he expressed it, to have a look at the old buffoon. With a scornful air, he surveyed the crowd, praying devoutly in the little church. Suddenly, the curé stepped out of the confessional, advanced towards the new arrival, and with an imposing movement of the hand, requested him to go into the sacristy. Astonished and confused, the unbeliever followed the priest where father vianier sought to bring him to his knees the latter declared that he had no idea of going to confession and that he did not believe in it father vianier looked him squarely in the eyes and in that piercing glance the free finger sank upon his knees then father vianier described to him his past life with surprising accuracy and drew from him the admission that all he had told him was true the light of faith was forthwith rekindled in the soul of the sinner who strongly affected cried out with violent sobs my god i believe i adore thee i love thee and beg thee of forgiveness Vader vianier dismissed him with the words dear friend hold yourself prepared the good god will call you to himself very soon and so it was two years later a stroke of epilepsy brought a sudden end to the convert's life
besides reconciling sinners with God, indefatigable cure was frequently engaged in the important work of directing souls to the acknowledge and attainment of their vocation and in giving all the counsel valuable in the spiritual life. Seekers advice there flocked to ours from all parts bishops and pastors, leaders of religious communities, fathers and mothers of families, young men and young girls in great numbers, all eager to obtain the advice of the good priest. The latter gave his decisions promptly, for he never allowed himself to forget that sinners were waiting for him at the confessional. Many who thus applied declared that Father Vianney, after listening to the first few words, was able to give his advice upon the matter at issue with the fullest intelligence. Upon one occasion, a pastor in the diocese of Arthen presented to the curé for his opinion a very difficult case in moral theology, involving the question of restitution. We received from it such a prompt answer, removing all doubt, that, astounded, he asked the curé why he had studied his theology. With a motion of the hand, which conveyed an advice rather than an answer, while the Vianney pointed aside to his Priez Dieu. We have referred to a great number of persons who applied to the curé for advice concerning the religious vocation, but it would be a mistake to suppose the curé advised young persons indiscriminately to embrace the priesthood or the monastic life. Such was not the case. On the contrary, the curé dissuaded many from entering the cloister though the parties themselves were strongly attracted to it. In this respect, the story of Miss A. C. is instructive. That lady wished to enter a convent. Her father, who had large property interests in the south of France, wanted her to marry a young man who would become his successor. They agreed to ask Rada Vianney's advice and to follow it. It was in the year 1858, a few months before the death of the blessed curé. Rada Vianney listened with his accustomed kindness to the young girl's recital, reflected a moment, and then exclaimed to the surprised young lady, My dear child, you ought to marry. When she referred to her desire to enter a convent, the curé interrupted her and said again, Get married and prove to all that your piety is genuine. Missy obeyed, and, as the wife of the young man who had asked her hand, was very happy. At another time, a pastor came to him saying that he desired to become Dominican. Father Vianney exclaimed, No, my friend, the desire is unfounded. Stay where you are. The pastor suggested that as a friar preacher he could be more successful. The blessed curé replied immediately, Where you are placed, there is always more to do than you can really accomplish. More than once, the result shows how imprudent it was to disregard the counsel of that enlightened man. A certain Philippe B. from Comblanc came to Ars on September eighth, 1854 the feast of the nativity of the blessed virgin. As Father Vianney was passing through the throng, which on that day was very great, he noticed the young man and walked straight towards him. Philippe made known to him forthwith the desire of entering a Trappist monastery. Farewell, dear friend, said Father Vianney. Carry out your intention and God will bless you. When Philippe returned home, he felt so faint-hearted at the thought of entering an order of such strict observance that he postponed for two years his plans of adopting a monastic life. At last, in 1856, as the core of the life of the religious dominated him, he entered the community of the Christian brothers. But this did not bring him the happiness which he had anticipated. He remained in this congregation for six years, all the while in a state of unrest and discontent. The more he reflected upon the condition, the more vividly he there stood before his spiritual gaze the image of the curé of Ars, who, meanwhile, 
had died and he recalled the advice he had received but had not followed after a hard struggle with his own stubborn nature philippe sought release from the community to which he was attached and asked to be permitted to enter a trappist monastery which had recently been found in the archdiocese this was a calling arranged from that day all unrest vanished and the trappist monk found peace and contentment in the life to which he had been advised by the cure of Ars. End of chapter 4 Pilgrimages to Ars Recording by Simon Valve